This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the Oak Road Hatter podcast for our first episode of 2022. I'm Billy Mully and here is what we've got coming up for you today. We take a little look into the games that never were over the Christmas period before we once again delve into the transfer market as we hit January. We'll end today by talking about a game that we all hope will be on as we now set our sights for an FA Cup clash with Harrogate Town. First of all, I'm joined by three of the regulars today, I've got Dylan Bundia, Stephen Day and Jamie Castle with me. First of all, Dylan, how are you getting on? I'm good, mate. How about you? All good, mate. All good. I mean, having a, a lack of games weren't too great over the Christmas period, but, you know, it, it means we, we get to cram more in as the season progresses, I guess. Stephen, how about you, mate? I've been better dealing with COVID. Tested positive last week, so not having a great time, but at the same time, I'm getting a lot of things done at home, so it's, you know, a bit of silver lining, but... Having no Luton to watch is painful. Yeah, I feel your pain, mate. And you, Jamie? Yeah, hello, mate. Yeah, Happy New Year. I'm good. Thankfully, avoided that so far, and I'm keen for it to stay that way. So, fingers crossed. Yeah, as you say, I mean, I narrowly escaped it. I mean, it seemed that everyone in my family was dropping like flies with, with COVID. But, yeah, I managed to escape it on Christmas Day, which was what it was all about, I think. Um but we'll get straight into Luton stuff because that's what we're here for. That's what we're back for in 2022. A new Oak Road Hatter, as, as you might have seen on our socials and, and just everywhere about in, in terms of the website as well. We'll start with the transfer talk, talking points. We did put up a poll yesterday asking you how many signings you think we would make at uh, in January. Sorry, We had zero, one, two or three 
or four plus and the the, the way it worked out was 44 percent went for zero or one 51 percent went two or three with just five percent of four plus and dylan i guess first of all is that what you expect to see yeah i think so i mean i think obviously at the minute with with how crazy covid and isolations are who knows what could happen but um but i think i can't see many players coming in i think the squad has good depth and if anything really we might just see a loan recall with kyoso maybe if we're worried about covid and we want to add an extra right back an extra defender um but no i, I don't think the squad needs massive amounts of, of input um it's in a very good place and and pretty much all positions are covered uh so unless there's major injuries or we really feel like we need to improve boost the numbers in context of the last few weeks um i think i think the squad's in a really good place so i'd be surprised if it's if it's more than one and Stephen, if, if you sort of think about it now it's quite easy to say zero one one or two signings but say if a big player does depart and and we're sort of in a position where sort of it, it could be more than what we expect now do you think that, that 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 could be the case at any point do you think if say Adebayo left would we not panic by but would we would you imagine us delving back into the transfer market well I think the club are going to be aware of any sort of interest anyway so if they have any sort of feeling that Adebayo might depart then they've probably got someone in mind that they might get lined up whether the person they line up could join us now or in summertime uh yeah I, I think I think the club will have someone lined up for any any departures because we are better like that now but you know we've, we've our transfer policy has become a lot better so I'm not so yeah I'm I'm I'm, I'm not feeling like anyone's going to leave to be honest but if they do then I think we've got players lined up or Jones has got confidence in the squad to use what we've got yeah i guess that's that's definitely fair enough and, and jamie you sort of on the similar line of thinking that um you expect it to be quiet unless you know things take a turn for the worst and, and we're picked off as a club yeah i think we're in a very privileged position that we've got a squad that is probably in its optimal numbers wise at the minute like i mean like like, like then said maybe bring back Kyoso given the whole covid issues and if free was to get it but in terms of numbers, we're pretty much on the money at the minute. So if if someone was to leave, either maybe someone on on the periphery of the squad wants to go out on loan or go, go permanently, or someone more importantly like like Elijah goes permanently for a, a, a big money move, then then we we all know that we have sort of player one, two, and three on our shortlist to bring in if if that if that happens. So the club are, are well prepared there, um, and yeah, no, no concerns for any outgoings. Ultimately, we're going to have to. Not be a selling club, but we're going to have to sell our, our assets at the right time um, over the next two or three years. Um, if that's this month, then so be it. If it's a summer, then so be it. It's, um, yeah, we, we've always exited a window stronger than we entered it. So um, I'm, I've got full faith in the club. Yeah, as always. And, and just looking a little bit more about Adebayo, because... There wasn't concrete interest. I think the wording of it was that Newcastle had sent scouts to to watch our game versus Fulham. I think that was about as strong as the link was. But obviously, Adebayo had a great game. He's 23 years old. There's all these sort of 
traits and abilities that he's got that, that would point towards him being a, a target for a Premier League club. But what do you make of Adebayo and a Premier League move if it came to, to sort of stronger interest? Do you think that he, he could be wanted by Premier League clubs and specifically looking at Newcastle, would that be a would that be a fit at all? I mean, not not right now. I'd, I'd be hesitant in, in saying that, you know, if he went to Newcastle, that'd be a good move for him. I, I generally don't think it would be because, well, he goes to Newcastle. They're a team that, you know, well, the immediate goal for them in the next six months is for them to stay up. Now, if they stay up, they are then going to go and invest in a big name striker in the summer because that's the country, you know, they're the richest club in the world. And Elijah Adebayo will probably then end up going out on loan somewhere else and, and not have that stability. So, yeah, he would get a big payday and it'd be great for him and his family and, and you know, it'd be deserved. But I, I think it's too early. I think he's got so much more to give in the championship. He hasn't actually had a full season in the championship yet. Um, so, you know, I, I think don't re- I wouldn't read too much into the fact that there are Premier League clubs watching him because Premier League clubs watch championship teams all the time. Um, but I think it's at some point, yes, you know what, he's, he can be a Premier League player. Right now, probably not. And for his development, he, he should probably stay with us um, at least until the end of the season, get that full season in the championship, show that he can do it week in, week out for a whole season. And then if, if a big move comes in and it matches our valuation and he's happy to do it and we're happy to do it, then that's fine. That happens. And we move forward from there. But right now, I, I don't think for, <clears throat> for him it'd be a good move. I, think, I don't think it would make too much sense, especially Newcastle, given that if they stay up, they're going to go and spend, you know, 200 million in the summer on big name strikers. And he, he probably won't get a look in after that. Yeah, I'm going to, I'd have to agree with you there. that it, it, it seems that out of the Premier League clubs that there are at the moment, Newcastle's definitely, definitely not a, a destination that you'd, you'd want to be going to as a, aspiring striker that is playing constant football at the moment in terms of the football side of things and it seems weird to say to, to deny a move to a club with all that money at the moment but you've got to think of Adebayo where he is at his, his stage of his development and sort of what he's contributing and, and sort of that meteoric rise that we keep associating with him it's best that he stays at Luton or at a club that would guarantee him a lot of football but I can't imagine another championship club, bar maybe the, the West Broms and the Fulhams, that would pay a, a handsome fee um, at this stage and, and take a chance on, on someone that, as you say, hasn't played a full season championship football yet. So, yeah, I think in that respect, I think we can be confident that January might not be might not be the time that we we see him go. Hopefully, for us Luton fans, it'll be years before we say that and he'll he'll take us up to the Premier League. But, you know... That's uh, probably a bit optimistic when you think of it. Um, another player that sort of got that Luton Newcastle connection as well is uh, Elliot Anderson, um, a, a player that we've been rumoured to be linked with um, last summer. And the, a Chronicle Live report said that um, Luton could reignite their interest in January. Do you think that's something that? we would look into given sort of the success of Dewsbury Hall then on the countryside of things you've got to think that Jones is someone that's not too much into into loan deals so do you think we could go for a, a star that star in the making and a player like Elliot Anderson 
Yeah, I think he's probably one of many players that that we're looking at. Um, I think he might have made the squad against United or a game recently. So he's obviously in Newcastle's thoughts, but whether it's sort of just to fill fill, fill a gap or, or longer term. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think we're in in that great position where if we could do something for Anderson, then then great, let's do it. But if it doesn't work, then then we won't do it. Um, what I would say is probably if there is one place in in the starting eleven where I think we can improve, it's probably in in a creative midfielder. Um, so Anderson would probably fit that bill. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. It's probably a, a long list of players that that we're looking at for this window. You mentioned there, uh, Jamie, creative midfielder is probably the, the only void when when looking. At the squad, well, the starting eleven at the moment. Another player that we have been linked with earlier, um, early, well, late last year, sorry, was Harrogate Town's Alex Patterson, player that was um, at Wickham. So Dylan, I'm sure you you know a fair bit about him. But um, yeah, he's, he's a player that that's had a good start to the season. League two sort of fits the bill in terms of us taking chances on on lower league players and, and obviously have championship potential. So is that a move that you could see happening or is that something that perhaps you wouldn't really attach to us at this point? Um, Alex Patterson, I mean, I was, he was obviously playing for Harrogate now um, and obviously we're, we're playing Harrogate in the Cup soon. But I, I, he didn't really play last season for Wickham in the Championship um, and, and he's made the drop down to League Two and he's made a, had a good go at it. So... I don't think that that's something that will happen. Um, he's obviously playing very well for Harrogate in League Two at the minute, but probably a step too far to say that you know we're going to go and try and sign him in in January, especially given that he you know he hardly got a look in last year for Wickham. So that's probably not one that I'd be be looking at and thinking, yeah, we, that's a that's a possibility. I think he's twenty four as well. So I think if he was maybe twenty twenty one, it might have been something. And he he was sort of shining the way he has done this season. It might have been something that we could have been considering, but the fact that he's a little bit older than that sort of age group, it, it makes it seem that I, I couldn't imagine us taking that gamble. Um, well, we'll go on to Harrogate, the, the team we are playing in the FA Cup, because it's a it's a big game at this point because it's a lot of way, ways we could go about it. Obviously, a, a good opportunity for a cup run. But at the same time, do we try and integrate some players that have been on the fringes, the likes of Dion Pereira, uh, Elliot Thorpe, do they get any game time? But the fact that we haven't now played, I think when that game occurs, it'll be a month since we, we last played. Do you think that this game will be used as sort of a fitness test for the first team, getting as, as close to the first team as possible? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that, that would be the case. I think that dynamic of the game has changed over the course of the last week week or two I think when it was drawn out we, we thought yeah maybe it's a game for your, your Pereiras your Forps and that to, to sort of start and uh, and see, see how they fare but given it will be yeah for three four weeks since for them at home uh, at the game I think yeah it's, it's one to, to to go strong get, get some fitness in the legs ahead of a, a, a massive game against Bournemouth the week <laughs> after um, so I guess for Harrogate, you're probably thinking it's it's a shame because if they if they would have played a week inside, they probably would have given it a good, good go. And and who knows, it's the cup. Obviously, Luton Town know what 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 happened in the cup, but I think we'll probably go strong now. Um, I'm just going to jump in there and say that 
their game against Carlisle, or game their game yesterday was called off because of COVID cases in their squad. Their game against Carlisle in the third round of the trophy uh, tomorrow night, I think, or Tuesday night has been called off. So I would say that it might be quite unlikely the, the game actually does go ahead. I hope it does, but it's one of those ones where I'm thinking if it gets to it with both of our teams having COVID cases, it, it there's a good chance it won't happen. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, yeah. I think at this stage, though, I think if teams have had that many games called off, that they'll probably just want to just get out of the way. I think what they can't be having is another midweek game in two weeks' time because it's going to be a game that will have to be played before the fourth round, which is at the start of Feb. So I think even if Harry got depleted, they'll probably just be like, you know what, it's a shame, but we just need to play it and just get out of the way. A game that they probably would think they'll lose anyway. Um, it probably isn't worth risking an extra midweek game for it, personally. Yeah, as you say there, Jamie, that the the sort of the nature of the games that have been called off already, they've been rescheduled for, for late January. So if this game doesn't go ahead, we probably have like a near free game week for, for maybe what, a month on month straight really. And you can't really you can't really have that at the moment, especially with COVID still going around the way it is. You don't even know if those games are going to go ahead. You think Luton are in an okay place now, but what about if the players that don't have COVID now suddenly get it? And you just think, when when is this going to end? And is this season going to be just going to continue like that? I, I, I don't know. It's going to be... When you think about the clubs as well, you think of um, Sheffield, oh no, Middlesbrough the other day. They, they, were, they played and then within 48 hours, they had about nine positive cases and it just... Yeah, it just shows you just can't rely on any fixture being on at the moment. But we'll, we'll go to the good news that we all woke up to on New Year's Day. A little bit hungover, I'm sure, but it was it was something that sort of cured my hangover, I have to say. But it was Nathan Jones signing a signing an extension. It would be at the club until 2027, it means. So that's uh, brilliant news, isn't it? Yeah, amazing. Huge, like... I was thinking. I was thinking when I saw that, who have we ever? Who have twenty twenty ever given five year contract to? I, I don't think it's anyone. No player, definitely. The most we probably give a player was three years max, but two and a half is probably the max with an option of, of a year. And managers have always been on rolling contracts or one or two year, three year contracts. Um, I think when Nathan Jones first signed, it was three years. I think might be wrong. Um, so for us to give him five years just shows how important we see him and uh, the brilliant work that he's doing with us and, and genuinely how far we believe that he can take us. Um, and I think all Luton fans um, feel that way as well, that it's just a fit. It's, some, it's something that's quite intangible. It just, it just feels right. It's something that, well, it doesn't, it's not just intangible because we're getting results and, and we're doing really good things on the pitch. But just, something just feels right about Nathan Jones at Luton Town. And um, so, yeah, it's amazing news. Um, I'm not sure. How, how, how long did he have left uh, on his contract? Because yeah. obviously uh, he signed that, one. Yeah, yeah so, so, and that's the thing. Like, n normally, we don't really announce the length of contract. So the fact that they have this one, for me, feels like it's a bit of a statement. The fact that they've come out and said, look, it's five and a half years. Not, it's not. It's not. They've not come out and said it was a long-term contract. They've, they've actually said it, and and that that is where in in itself. So, 
the fact that they've come out and said five and a half years for me is is a statement, especially on on January the first when the windows opened. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Jamie, you said it's the best bit of business we could have done. I'm pretty sure on Twitter. I'm pretty sure I read that tweet from you. What about Dewsbury Hall return with that top set? Or... <laughs> no, I, I think at this, at this stage, I think but behind the fans at Luton Town, Nathan Jones is probably the, the, the second most important person. Um, I think literally he, he, just, just what he brings to us, that there probably isn't a better manager at the minute out there that, that, that we can get. So to, to, to tie him down for five and a half years. And, and that's, not be naive about it either. I mean, there's a chance he, he won't see out this five and a half years. There's probably a pretty hefty comp fee in that if, if someone wants, wants, wants to come out and uh, and pay for him. Um, but the fact that he's got that length also means that if, if someone does want to bite the bullet and pay for him, then, then they have to pay pretty handsomely as well. So I think for, for, for loads and loads of reasons, it, it, it's a fantastic bit of news. Do you think that will massive news within the camp as well obviously oh, yeah. a lot of, lots been said about the harmony within the group and, and everyone's together and, and hearing news like that as a player you, you striving to impress him you might you must be thinking that I, I want to be at this club too I want to be part of this this movement and because a five-year contract as you say that's massive in, in terms of the direction of yeah. the football club I, I think um we're going to continue to build and I think obviously saying that the manager's going to be here for the next five years any anyone that Jones is looking at he can slap that on his powerpoint and say look I'm here for the next five years I want you in this squad I want you I want to build a team with you around you whatever say if it's like a marquee signing in the summertime anything it's it's something positive that the players at the club right now they're going to love because they're all probably loving working under him. I mean, Joe, uh, was it? Um, Keenan Drewsbury Hall reacted to it saying, like, having having him at the helm is only going to take us one way. And the fact that, you know, a player that was with us for a year is saying that, imagine what the players that have been here for, well, forever, basically, <laughs> like Penny Ruddo forever, but you know what I mean, a couple of years. And it's, it's something that is going to uplift everyone, I think. And for incoming players, it's just, you know, you know that the manager's going to be there. You're not going to go in there and think, yeah. "Oh well, I'm going to have to impress this guy." They might sack him in a year, or he might leave in a year. I might have to impress again. If we've got stability there, and that's that's only going to make every signing and every every player like happy. And yeah, I think it's just there's there's no negative part about this. It's just completely positive across the board. Yeah, I think that last point is really important, Stephen, because we're living in a footballing world at the minute where players sign for a club, sign for a manager, and then that manager loses his job in, in three months' time. You, know, you sort saw, saw it with, with Villa, they signed Brendia, signed Dings, and now Dean Smith's gone. And, and OK, they've got Gerrard, and, and, it's, and it's still OK, but there's a chance that the boards, if, the, if they're unstable, can just change direction in, in terms of the club. They can change the style of play, and that manager now long, no longer is, is, is actually... It's good for them. I mean, look, look at Ick Piazza at Borough. He signed for, for a new Warnock side. Perfect. They've now gone to a they've now gone to a, a, a wilder style of play, and they've now just signed Connolly on loan from Brighton. And, and that just basically tells him that he's not got a chance. So, to have that stability at the club, and the player knows that they can sign for Nathan Jones and play for Nathan Jones for for a long time, I think that, that that's massive. Yeah, and 
the stability just well there's there's a certain club that we know has absolutely no stability and they're already talking about him being under pressure. Who's that? Just a certain club down the M1. <laughs> Ranieri is already under pressure, apparently. So I'm just I'm waiting for what say the end of the month when he uh, gets sacked. End of the week, mate. And yeah, just with just with our model, just just with our, our the model and the way we work here, you know, there are so many clubs now that go down the route of having a director of football, and that director of football sets. A style of play and then that director of football will recruit a manager and players who fit that style of play so then the manager becomes slightly dispensable because you can get rid of the manager and get in another manager who fits that style of play but with us with the way we work we work here is you know nathan jones is the manager he's not a head coach he's a manager he recruit he leads recruitment he leads style of play he sets the philosophy and everything like that and you know it's, it's slightly more risky because say things go really badly wrong we then have to recruit someone um, who can get the best out of our squad from a style point of view. For example, when Graham Jones came in, you know, he, it, was very, it was a very different style of play to, to Nathan Jones, and we struggled a little bit with that. But what we're doing here is putting that faith in Nathan Jones and saying, you set the philosophy, you set the style, you recruit the players to this style of play because we genuinely believe in you. And yeah, it's slightly risky because if things go badly wrong, then we have to try and recruit someone else who can get the same out of the squad without a director of football, without someone like that who can keep that continuity. But we believe we can get continuity out of Nathan Jones, which makes it even more special than just giving a, a head coach a five-year contract under a director of football, knowing that he's slightly dispensable and you know we can get someone else in to carry that on. Um, so it's really huge. It's really huge. I'm going to say, like with, with Jamie saying as a statement, it's we're, we're basically saying we're especially with him being the, the manager, he's not the head coach, he's not, you know, we haven't got a director of football, it's we're building this kind of modern era of the club around him at this point now. We're not building it around a player, we're not building it around something, we're sort of building it around him. And I think the, with the statement, it's like he's going to be the manager that, that manages our first game in power court. It's going to be him that's going to be there. So... I, I think it's again another positive thing that it's like we're, we're sort of building the the new era of the club around him. Whether he's going to be here in ten years' time it doesn't really matter because we're building this like sort of this new era around him, and we're going to just continue to grow. And I think he's the right man to grow us, grow the squad, grow well, yeah, help grow the club as well. I think part of that that five year thing as well is that you think in five years' time that there's, there's bound to be some change in, in whether it be sort of where we're in, in the table, where we're operating. But he's shown through his years at Luton he can be adaptable. He can be a manager that, that has all the players at his disposal, like he showed in, in League Two, and he can get results from there. He can he can fight in a relegation scrap, and, and as you've seen in sort of the end of the 2019-2020, but he's also progressive. He can also build a club and, and, and bring in the players that... that sort of meet the demands of the situation so I think that's that's a big part of why we've given him five years because no matter what the situation will be in in say four or five years time would we be in the Premier League and I'd, I'd back him to to succeed and and you know progress us that way as well yeah the way the way he's evolved as a coach is is massive like he, the, the complete change in how we play football from when he first joined to where we are now 
um, just is a testament to him and, and his quality as a coach because football's completely changed. It's so different to when we when we won League One. I know he wasn't there for, for a lot of it, but he, he put that in place. Um, we, we're a completely different team now and that's that's fantastic. You saying there about sort of the, the, that sort of the head coach and manager kind of thing, that the fact that um, Jones has more responsibility than, than quite a lot of his championship counterparts. There's there's no wonder that he always speaks in interviews about not getting any sleep and, and Luton driving him mad because of the, the actual amount of work that he actually has to do. There's a, a lot to being who he is as a manager. I, I know other managers in the division do take on similar roles, but he's, as you, as we were saying there, his involvement in the recruitment side of things and, and day-to-day management as well, he is very, very involved and, and he deserves it more than anybody in the division. And, and and that's why I think in terms of Nathan's successor, in terms of, yeah, it is a risk, basically pinning the whole club on Nathan Jones, but the, the plan's already in place, I think. You look at Chris Curran, you look at bringing in Alan McCormack. I think in terms of succession planning, that that, that is planning for, for his successor, that they're, they're working under him. I mean, look at Thomas Frank. He, he, was, he, was, he was underneath Dean Smith. Dean Smith moved on. He came, he came their boss and, and look at them now. And I think, yeah, it's a big risk, but a, a big mitigant of that risk is having a, a, someone like a Chris Curran underneath him right now be it over the next three, four years' time, just watching everything that Nathan does, from tactics to player management to transfers to everything. So screaming and, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's... Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's, I think, yeah, it's a risk, but I think it, it's covered. Yeah, it, it shows, as we were saying about the, the, the club down the M1 before, offering five years to a manager. Imagine Watford doing that. <laughs> five years to a manager. Well, I think I think in Watford years that's more like fifteen years. <laughs> They'll start doing yeah. five week contracts soon, mate. We're They'll just hand them out in happy meals soon. <laughs> we'll um we'll go back to the Harrogate game um just for some score predictions before we go. It's the the game that's uh, that's why I don't really want to do it because I I don't trust that it's going to be on, but. We might as well. It doesn't take too long to do some score predictions. So, Dylan, you're at the top of the screen, so I'll let you go first, mate. I think it'll be 1 0. It'll be a horrible game because we haven't played for a month and we'll just about scrape through. Um, but yeah, no, I'd, we're not going to be at our best. No way. <laughs> what about you, Stephen? I'm going to say 3 1 to us. Fair play. And Jamie? If if we go strong, like I think we will, I, I think it'll be like a 3-0, so I'll go with that. Yeah, it will have, I reckon it'll have a bit of a pre-season feel to it. Yeah, yeah same. But yeah, 3-0, 4-0, because I think Harrogate have gone downhill as well. I think they had a positive start, but yeah, they've, they've struggled to maintain that. Again, fresh start, and we start the season off well with a, with a 3-0 win, so I might as well go for another 3-0 win when we restart this season well that is all we have time for today a big thank you to the three of you for joining us um joining me today sorry um it's a big big week for us our, our relaunch as, as you've seen on social media and on the website too so make sure to keep checking out and and if you want some free tickets well you know what to do we've tweeted about it and 
we've, we've got the, the first winner of the free tickets will we'll be getting them for the rescheduled game of Bristol City so they'll be receiving them very very shortly um, but yeah just keep making sure that you keep your eyes peeled out for more free tickets as, as we tweeted before each month we will have some more tickets and that will be that so speak to you soon Away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.